0: Gentlemen, boys, and girls, traders, welcome to the Tommy Talk. My name is Juan. This is my triple partner, Anthony. This is a judo podcast for judo players by two judo players. So, Anthony, how you doing?
1: Yeah. So, last episode, I was supposed to do some corrections on some of the things I said in the past episodes, but I forgot to do it. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Did
0: we, so, what, did we, what did we lie or mistakenly say on accident?
1: All right, so we don't do it on back, purpose. Back to the—it's also another sumo correction. I—I I think I didn't say the correction yet, though. But I said um, Enho was like six foot, but he's not six foot. He's like five, five seven, five six. Right. Like it's even shorter. So wow. uh, yeah, so he's—you really not, messed up on that one, then. Yeah, really. That's he's like not five a, six inches, which makes it more impressive that he fights <laughs> all these giants. But um, yeah. Yeah. Um the other correction is uh someone said coca's were for throws lining on the butt or the top of the shoulder. So it wasn't for landing in front. Um mm. so I I guess I'm not that's kind of before even well, before I started judo. So well,
0: here's the thing. So coca's were just getting taken out. When I first started doing judo, I mm-hmm. want to say this, okay. When I just first started doing judo, coca's were just being phased out. And when I competed, it was pretty much it would give you a coca just for taking a person down. Now I, I was going to say, I, guess, I like, was going
1: to say, I've seen clips. That's what I'm yeah. basing it off of. I haven't read yeah. the rules for coca's, but that I've seen clips of people literally landing in front and got coca. Yeah. So, so I'm just yeah. saying
0: from back in the day when I was doing, when I first started, one well, with a little tiny white belt at that time. All right. <laughs> it was like, basically you take a person down, you would get, you would get the coca. That's what it was. And it was just an advantage. It wasn't like a real point or nothing. Yeah. So it could be, Oh, it's supposed to be on their side or it's supposed to be on their butt or what is that? It could yeah. write down the rules. But when they gave him out, when I, when I competed back in the Uh, day, it was, you barely touched, you took person down. It was like almost, you attempted something like, okay, he attempted something, Coca. So that's what that means.
1: It's kind of like how right now Yuko is supposed to be a Wazari, but they're giving Wazaris for Coca too, you know? So it's kind of like that.
0: (laughs) All right. What else did we mess up on? or what else? That that, that was it. That was
1: it. So that was it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Just two things. Good. Good one this time. All right. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> all right so how are you doing this week you doing good this week
1: yeah doing all right doing good i uh, just have really bad allergies like i think i told you like halfway through Rondor yesterday i just started having this like really bad allergy and mm-hmm. fighting with allergies is weird it's like you're drunk like you have no strength your your balance is like weird your vision is blurry and what you're you just take, like, like a Zyr- do you take like, a zyrtex or something for your allergies? i took what? the zyrtex after i got home and it, it okay it didn't really help much so i Barely got any sleep, but, um, (laughs) but that's why you hear me coughing and sniffling right now. But, uh, yeah. So yeah, though, besides that, that was great. Um, (laughs)
0: well me my quads are burning today because i decided to be stupid and do a whole bunch of ogoshis like really good koshi grooms and ogoshis just one class all thursday and they're still bothering me today wow so i'm just like man i really need to work on my squats
1: (laughs) yeah i need to go squat today too afterwards just remember go do some lunges and squats yep so i know yeah you want to go ahead we're thinking the same thing probably Okay, so
0: uh, we talked about last episode how Judo Fanatics was going to hold a tournament near San Diego uh, for the first time through USA Judo. Mm -hmm. And there was to be this big thing. It was supposed to be really well run. It was going to be all electronic. It was going to be this brand new thing. And as of like the Wednesday or Friday before, there was like only like
1: 10 people people signed up for it. No, 10. 10 10 people. It was like 10 people signed up for
0: Mm it. Uh, When they get to the day of, which was. compared to right now is last saturday no last last saturday when this video comes when, out when i when I, when I checked
1: when i checked the um the site like literally the day of there was 18 mm-hmm. people signed up okay. and as of now like i'm sure there were walk-ups it says the final count was 37 people 37 so people. Uh, yeah i mean that's some people might think that's a lot but when you spread that out but across age categories and weight classes and ranks it's like not that much people. So I know I said we were going to go, but when we saw 10 people signed up, I'm like, I'm not going to dish Juan to teach the beginner's (laughs) class by himself, just to watch my guy fight someone who's heavier than him or lower ranked than him for best of three. So yeah, best two out of three.
0: But well, we did have um, a satellite member of our dojo. I'm not going to say her name because she's a, she's a junior and stuff. But her dad actually contacted us about mm-hmm. when he got there. And he said when he got there, there's like tons of BJJ people, tons of Nogi people. Mm-hmm. When there was like no judo people, he said he didn't see any judo people. And then when he got to the mats for the judo mats, he said they were like, I don't know exactly. He said there were very thin, hard mats. And, but you said that you looked it up on the website
1: so or gary Goltz, uh gary galt's as people may know loves, loves to take photos at these events okay. so i looked at his photos um uh-huh. there were like around 37 people that showed up yeah i think a lot of okay. them a lot of them came from the same few clubs um i'm not going to name which clubs but um well if three clubs bring 10 people that's 30 people i said i said few not three but Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so okay. two clubs bring
0: fifteen people. All right.
1: Okay. So, um, but the the mats were basically they look like dolomer rollout mats that I have in my garage. You know, uh-huh. um, which I guess aren't the best because I look lay out on concrete and mm-hmm. I use it to practice. You remember one of the episodes I talked about how I want to do the fall on the concrete. I'm using that to practice the fall on the concrete, and it's still a pretty hard <laughs> fall. So. If you're a junior or a novice, I can see how that's kind of like, it could be intimidating or, or if yeah. you're older, that might be kind of bad, but I don't think it was that bad. Well,
0: to me for wrestling and BJJ and Nogi, when you're doing a lot of waza stuff on the ground, and there's not a whole lot of big takedowns. I can see using rollout mats is no problem, but if you're a judo player and you're literally, our whole thing is to throw each other onto the ground yeah. hard. Our tatami, to people don't realize how squishy and soft they are sometimes and how nice it is to land on them. So if you go to like a wrestling mat and you land on it, it's like uh, there's an the old wrestling trick that my wrestling coach used to do every uh-huh. year. He would get an egg and he would drop it on a wrestling mat to show how safe it is to fall on there. It's like, yeah, it's safe. It's not going to crack this egg, but it's still going to hurt when you land on yeah. there. So with wrestling and BJJ and Nogi and stuff, you're on the ground a lot. You're okay. But judo, we're I'm gonna just gonna bring an egg.
1: Other. I'm going to bring an egg to our dojo tomorrow. That
0: test? Yeah. <laughs> Why not do it? Right, we, I, hey, that'd be one of our YouTube things, maybe. <laughs> How many eggs does it take?
1: <laughs> I think it's gonna break on pers- personally. But Are
0: you, you'd be surprised. I, I think it will break. You want to mm. put a, you want to put a case on it?
1: Yes, let's do that. Let's. You put a case do, on we'll it? Make, we'll make a short video out of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll. I'll. I'll bring an. I'll bring in an egg, and then we'll break uh-huh. it. If it. If it breaks, then yeah, we'll bet a case, and then we'll take a video of start the person drinking a beer out of that case. So. <laughs> we
0: should do the test also on your mats at home, on your concrete. Well, yeah, breaks. Yeah. See if that one breaks. I could, yeah. Like, but yeah, I can see if, it, if we'll go back to the mats and stuff. I like, Judo dad or sometimes in Judo sees mats and, was like, and they touch them like, this pretty stiff mats. I don't want to be thrown on them. Especially if my kid be thrown on them. Well, hopefully yeah. your kids not being thrown. Hopefully your kid's doing the throwing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know if Judo Finanx is going to do another tournament. You know? It didn't turn out that well. There's only 30 people. I, but as you uh, said before, also, I think they should have had it here in Los Angeles.
1: Or San Francisco, or up in the Bay Area. Like, yeah. San Diego has a lot of big BJJ clubs, but judo-wise, it's, uh, like I, I don't think you have that many big clubs out there. So mm-hmm. it's just interesting that they decided to hold it in San Diego, other than like LA or... Um, Area, but I guess like the finding a venue was expensive is part of the cost too. You well, know, so
0: it was probably a thing. We're gonna have this BGJ tournament. We're gonna have this no gi tournament. I mm-hmm. just add judo. Let's just do an experiment. We're all gonna have, we're gonna have the mats there. We're gonna it's have better the than nothing. Yeah, yeah.
1: I hope they but don't give up on this idea. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah.
0: I was gonna say that we're not criticizing. We're just saying, how about come to Los Angeles? There's a lot more dojos. If it was in LA, you know, uh LA uh, Hollywood Go, LA Dojo, Tenry, Sartel um goal to probably go also uh, there's just a lot more dojos out here that i think would easily get there than driving the hour and a half or two hours to get to san diego
1: yep yeah so that's that's that all right that's
0: that anything else you want to talk to talk about before we go to the interview today
1: no let's go go ahead and interview
0: all right without without any further ado let's get to our next interview
1: Hey everyone, Um, so today we're interviewing Liana Mutia and she's on the Tokyo 2021 Paralympian team for USA. So uh, Liana, would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Um, Yeah, of course. Uh, Hi, my name is Liana. I was just in Tokyo for the uh, Tokyo 2020 slash 2021 Paralympics. Um, I competed in the minus 63 Judo category for women, if that was not obvious. (laughs) Um, how are you all doing today?
0: I'm good. Oh, we're doing great. We're, we're very happy to have you on the show. Um, That's good so we talk about when we, when we talk about interviewing people and stuff, I'd like to know, so how did you get into martial arts and how did you pick judo of all the martial arts out there?
2: Um, I used to wrestle in high school and I would um, do judo in the off season just to stay in shape, I guess. And one day I was, I, I don't know how, but somehow I got in the news and it alerted a few of the coaches to, of USA Judo, I guess, Paralympic USA Judo to my presence and they recruited me and it just went on from there. was um, great. It is. It was. It was uh, definitely life-changing. I basically started, I basically truly started Judo at 17 and made it at 22.
0: All right. So when you started wrestling, how did you get how did you get into wrestling then? Did you just was your parents just like, "Oh, she's a grappler. She just keeps wrestling with that teddy bear right there. She's pinning it."
1: <laughs>
2: um, I'm not sure actually. Most things I do are on a whim, and I think I just decided to go there one day and start wrestling. Uh-huh. I did Brazilian jiu-jitsu a bit beforehand, so I think that had a bit of a factor to it, but mm-hmm. I just decided one day like, Oh, here's a flyer to go to the wrestling room. And I, I did, I guess.
1: Oh, so you, you actually started with BJJ first before you got into wrestling. even.
2: Yes. Unfortunately,
1: unfortunately,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I do not like BJJ very much.
1: Okay. Yeah. That, that's okay. fair enough. Do you, do you mind us ask, asking why, like, did you just not enjoy rolling on the ground or like you prefer up?
2: Um, I'm not sure what it is, but most of the people in my, uh, club BJJ were, um, older sweatier men so i think that had something <laughs> to do and i was i feel uh, i feel attacked miles right miles.
1: now just <laughs> so you know <laughs> <laughs> well to me it sounds
0: funny that you go from bjj older sweaty men to going into wrestling with younger sweatier men in singlets <laughs> <laughs> but at least,
2: i think it's a big difference teenage me thought it was a big difference
0: uh, okay <laughs> So that's really cool you started wrestling and stuff i wrestled most of my life too i started wrestling when i was like in fifth grade all up to college and i started doing judo in college so judo was like my secondary grappling style also so that's oh, really yeah, cool that's exciting yeah um so as anthony mentioned that you're a usa judo team member and you got on the team like because when you're 17 you got from wrestling to judo but the cool thing is that you actually were a member of the Paralympic judo team that went to Tokyo this past year. How was that? How was that experience going to Tokyo?
2: Oh my gosh. I can say so many things. Um, <sighs> go ahead. We had, we had time. <laughs> that's that's great. It was very, it was super incredibly stressful. I just, uh, I just, I just, well, before the pandemic, well I'm sure it was difficult to go to other countries before the pandemic, but mm-hmm. we had to build so much like paperwork just to get in and get approved for so many things and have all this. And when we went there, we had, I think we spent at least like six to seven hours in processing because we were with another we were with Canada. I remember, oh, and then okay. we went, and then when we came there, um, there were so many like COVID protocols. We got tested every single day, which it it's completely fine, completely understandable. But just that adding that the stress of the experience plus the fact that you know it's the Paralympics slash the Olympics, like you're there to compete, was just mm-hmm. oof, just another ball game altogether. Mm-hmm.
0: Now you like said right there that. um, you had all these stressful things like, um, the, the, you said six hour wait and stuff. Now as a grappler, we have to make weight. How was that being? Cause I know a lot of, a lot of the Olympians in the, in the Paralympics and the regular Olympics, I guess you'd say they're like the grapplers complain about like, Oh, I'm stuck in my hotel room all day. I can't go anywhere. I can't go running. Was that like a factor in your training while being there while preparing?
2: Oof! Absolutely not. Um, Tokyo was so humid and so hot that you could just walk outside in oh, yeah. shorts and t-shirt that you just get completely soaked in sweat. There's I can't absolutely- wait. I'm good.
0: I went for a there, walk. Yeah,
2: that's it. <laughs> kind of like, um, I guess. Have you ever competed in Dallas before?
1: I have. Yeah, I have.
2: Do you know how it's I mean, so dry and hot, yeah. and hot? there and I, you just walk outside,
1: you sweating. Y- yep, I know. And but <laughs> Tokyo, I go to Tokyo a lot, and I lived in Hong Kong, so I know what the summers are like there. It's so it's like a sauna outside, basically. Oh
2: my gosh! Oh, so you do know it's it's so miserable. I wouldn't be able to take it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't know how people do it. Um, I actually, uh, we went, we talked, did an episode where we talked about going to Tokyo with uh, Johnny. Who, who connected us for this interview? Um, I don't know how people wore this, the the Mizuno uh, weight cutting suit while running in the middle of the city and that humid is in that humidity is just insane.
2: Yeah, it is. It's just I don't know because I I maybe they're used to it because I think there are a few people actually more than a few people who just walk mm-hmm. around with um, long sleeves on and long pants on because yeah. they don't want to get darker. But that's yep. just that's torture, self inflicted torture for me
1: yeah i think i think i i mean i'm asian but i sweat a lot but i think there's something about japanese asians that they just don't sweat as much because um for example you can't get deodorant in a lot of asian countries because it's not a very popular item to use there because people don't sweat that much (laughs) and um people in japan they wear suits to work all the time and I'm, i'm like in t-shirts and shorts and I don't know how they're wearing a full-on suit in the train and not sweating at all. It's just very different physiology. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I would very much like to have the physiology. <laughs> I also sweat a lot, um, thankfully. So I usually fight 57 kilos, but I bumped mm-hmm. up in weight last year because I, I just wanted to make it. I wasn't going to make it if I stayed 57 kilos. Mm-hmm. Okay. and. Yeah, and I'm—I I'm, don't know. <laughs> Sorry, and that kind of connected back to the previous question was cutting weight a thing. It was obviously, It was uh, very, very much not a thing. Making weight uh, was very easy in Japan.
1: So did well, someone that's... else take your spot for the, that for the fifty-seven, 57 kilos you said?
2: Mm-mm. Um, for sixty-three, it was just—I I don't want to say a weaker weight class, but there was an opportunity at Pan Ams. Mm-hmm. If okay. I went I and medals, like I would get enough points. So yeah, I went and took. Huh?
0: I'm going to say there's nothing wrong with that. I was actually going to ask you, how did that decision go from going from your regular weight class to bumping up to another one?
2: Oh, okay. Um, my teammate, he's actually my teammate slash personal coach, really, Ron Hawthorne. He looked mm-hmm. at the, um, I guess, rankings and said and told me to go up a weight class because it'd be easier. And I didn't believe him for <laughs> a long
0: time. <laughs> but, you're, you're trying to but, set me up, aren't you? You set me
2: up. I don't trust yeah, I was you. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go. Oh, sorry. I have a talking clock. Um, and I was like, I'm going to go up to this weight class and these giant women are going to smash me and then I'm going to like die, I guess. <laughs> uh, but that didn't happen. <laughs> I, went to, I went to Pan Am's in Canada and took gold.
0: Great. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that, that just solidified your decision. Like, okay, well, I can hang with these ladies here though. I'm going to go up and I'm going to the world stage. Let's see, let's see how it goes. Let's go to the Olympics.
2: Yes. At least for that last year, I was um I was quite confident about it. So I wasn't sure where I was going to <laughs> with that. No, it's
0: it's okay. So is this gonna be your new this is gonna be your main new weight class or do you feel like you're gonna bump back down again?
2: Um, I'm not sure. They're well, according to Ibsa, they're supposed to be changing the weight classes and the rules for the new yeah. pod, but we haven't heard anything yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's so, what I heard uh, too.
2: Mm. Every oh really? Year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely <every year. laughs> I wish they would tell us so that I could I guess like everybody could know.
1: So correct correct me if I'm wrong. So I heard the same thing that they're combining weight, reducing the amount of weight classes, but um, are they also like compacting the visually impaired categories? Because I know there's like two or three um, categories, right?
2: Yes. They were talking about putting and making it all b one. I'm a B1, which is the lowest mm-hmm. vision possible. That's basically completely blind. Uh-huh. Um, and there's the B2s and B3s who have slightly more functional vision. They were thinking about making the cutoff for the, um, for the vision just a little bit higher so they could mm-hmm. call the B ones in one category, all the B twos and quote unquote B threes in another category, and then reducing the weight classes so they could all only fight each other.
1: Uh, okay. What, well, what, how do you, do you have any opinions on that on whether, cause I don't know anything about that. So do, do you think that's a good change or a bad change or whether there's like pros and cons?
2: I think there are pros and cons. I definitely think it's a. I definitely think it's a really bad change, mostly because there aren't there aren't that many of B ones in each weight class, Mm -hmm. and the B twos and B threes. Like I understand that there was. um, I understand that they're worried about people cheating to get into the visually impaired categories, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, you're when you cut when you raise the bar for I think it's 2400 is what they want to raise it up to. Mm -hmm. You're cutting out all of the albino community because people with albinism typically have 2200 or maybe even a little bit more so people who are obviously blind versus people who can just cheat a little bit harder to become mm-hmm. a the new b2 i don't know it's okay too, so too for, a bit, for a bit of
1: context i'm not familiar with what you mean by 2200 um i'm sure that's um like uh, how much light you receive in your eye is that kind of rating for that or is that something else
2: oh no that's um that's eye ac- equity Visual equity. So that's okay. so. Twenty two hundred is uh, what you have to be in all countries to be legally blind.
1: Uh huh. Okay. And
2: twenty in. Actually, I don't know how to explain it. I don't think I've ever seen do your
0: best. This, <laughs> do your best. This is very interesting. Actually, this is very very interesting. I've never I've really delved into this this deep. So this, that's nice.
2: I don't know if I should be saying this because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: well, okay. Well, just, if that well that's too complicated. You brought up that people were trying to not cheat but kind of like squirmed away into another weight class another uh, visualization uh, class is that actually a big deal with the visually impaired divisions
2: yes um cheating is oh. super prevalent um really yeah because huh. it's i don't know how to explain it but it's very I keep, sorry i keep saying i don't know how to explain it and then i go on to explain it but
0: please. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead go ahead try your best i'm enjoying yeah. this i'm learning a
2: lot um so in other countries it's very, especially if you're backed by, say, there's a lot of money in judo. Um, like, say, if I think if you win. Not in I America, but other countries, yeah. Yeah, you're definitely not in America. There's <laughs> someone, There's not much money here. Um, if you win, say, if you win a medal in Azerbaijan or Uzbekistan or one of those types of countries where they treat their players well, they get a car, they get a house, they get a stipend, they get basically everything that a normal Olympic athlete would get. Mm-hmm. But. The problem is, say, they can't find a blind person who's good enough. So they look around, see someone on the roster who's say maybe, you know, he's good. He's all right. But he's fifth or sixth in the roster. So we can't fight in the world stage. They think, OK, well, how about we just falsify some documents so that we can, say, put them on the visually impaired roster? It works because, say, I don't know. I, obviously, this is, this is mostly speculation. This is all very much hearsay because I've mm-hmm. never I've obviously never seen it happen. But it is very easy to make eye documents. It's very easy to pay someone off. And that yeah. happens very much because judo is so. Anyway, that, that was yeah. my whole... <laughs> I probably shouldn't say anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, when you said like, Oh, they get a car and everything that a regular athlete would get. I'm like, how would a, how would a blind athlete <laughs> drive a car? <laughs> they get a driver too. Also. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully well, get a driver. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so would you say the tesla that drives for them okay so you said it was a hear it was hearsay i'm not going to ask you where you heard it from but would you say like the accusations are usually towards certain countries where it's seen as um easier to fake these kind of documents where corruptions more prevalent in their government yes. bureaucracy so let's say canada you wouldn't say canada or or the us I, I can't imagine that happening right because the, the risks so. of getting exposed is pretty large.
2: I was going to say actually, so I have one thing to one thing to refute that because I just remembered this. Um, the mm-hmm. Korean team, most of them, in was it 2020? I think mm-hmm. it was 2020. They found out most of their athletes were cheating to get into the. You oh, said, Cor- you said Korea? Korea.
0: Okay. Oh my god. And they oh. ended up
2: going to jail, except for a few of them who were you know like actually blind. Huh. So they went from, being, I think wow. they went from being one of the strongest teams in the world to one of the smallest because they're just, I don't know, I think most of them were sent to jail. Okay, I can't remember exactly what the, how come it was of that, but it wasn't pretty.
1: Okay, uh-huh. I'm probably going to have to do some research after this and put, post it in our uh, note, show notes afterwards because this is super interesting. I never knew that. Um, yeah. But yeah, Korea takes cheating seriously, like, even in video games, like people get thrown in jail for throwing matches and stuff
2: oh my god that's you
1: your, crazy you and your yeah. starcraft yeah starcraft <laughs> well there was a guy so, that got exposed for throwing matches and he actually tried to commit suicide too so oh my god yeah that's well
0: that's What it well to go back like what well, was i don't know if it was real where they caught the was a korean or chinese team that the badmins are trying to throw matches to get a better spot also remember that oh my
1: gosh i i, I mean i'm not surprised i haven't heard of it but i'm not surprised so mm-hmm.
0: But onto a lighter note. I want to get something lighter. That's pretty deep. That's very interesting stuff. I have never heard of that before. But back to the Olympics, how was it representing the US in the Olympics? And this is something that's very rare for most people. Most of us aren't going to go to Olympics to represent in the United States, but how's that for you?
2: Um definitely unlike anything I'd ever experienced before. I think it actually I, I want to say that, but I also want to say it felt really casual because there was no one in the stand. So it almost felt like the normal say judo tournament maybe Mm maybe even like a like a home uh local tournament because there's nobody Mm. in the stands
0: yeah 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 i I definitely think that would be a change definitely there you guys think that the at the regular games they had the teammates and coaches were all shouting there. they didn't have that for the impaired one either or they didn't know what i mean
1: they did but we're all fine people in the
2: stands so it's not like they can really i guess they can yell but it's not like you really know what's going on in map. you can't see that far
1: so okay so let, let me uh back up a little bit because um you mentioned you started wrestling and you were approached by team usa to to fill in you said that you're around 17 when this happened yeah 17. so first of all how, how was it transitioning from wrestling to jacketed wrestling with judo like what well, did you find a transition hard or was it just like oh it's the same thing i just have to have different grips and rules are slightly different
2: um I thought I thought it was okay. Actually, no, it was pretty difficult. Um, before then, I would had a little bit of judo. Like, say, I would do judo on the weekends or something, just really mm-hmm. casually. Mm-hmm. But doing it, I think, at the training center, we would train Tuesday, so Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then lifting like three times a week mm-hmm. and just going from being just a normal casual wrestler to sorry, high school wrestler to that was, I don't know, a bit of a shell shock.
1: Yeah. Mm. So, um, would you say other... Your teammates and Team USA went into that, um, the Olympic team or the program through the same route. Cause in right, re- like regular non visually impaired, uh, judo teams, most like top athletes start judo when they were like five or six or something. And here you are, like getting recruited in 17. What, um, and how old are you now? Like 20, 23? 23. So yeah. So you've technically been only doing judo seriously for three, four, five years. And now, and then you're, a Paralympian that's like amazing if you, you tell someone that so is that the common thing to go through or you think you're like an outlier in that respect
2: um hmm. I'm not all that sure because in the para world I know a lot there's a lot of people who definitely start young and they are mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're really really good but there are a lot of people who also are just randomly recruited and they just so happen to make it for whatever reason so I okay. think uh, that's a hard question so I think I am a bit of an outlier in that case.
1: Okay. Yeah, cuz I I was like, wow, I that's really amazing that you actually got to represent Team USA and you must've you must have been the tra- training must be really 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 hard for you to get you ready for that in such a short amount of time. So
2: So basically when I um first started, I didn't really know what I was doing at all. I was kind of winging mm-hmm. it. And uh I still wing it now, but a little bit less. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well,
0: it's funny because um, Anthony's always been very interested in teaching a blind person because uh, we're our dojo wizards, a blind institute not too far away. And every now and then we'll get someone from the blind institute to come over and ask, oh, we want to put a a person who's interested in doing judo. Uh, We have some people want to put turn to do some grappling and they come every every so often, but no one ever really shows up. No one actually comes to train. And we Uh actually had a recent... We had a recent person actually call us and wanted to come and train. They'd done judo before. And Anthony got real excited. He's like, because for some reason, he's always wanted to train a blind person. He Anthony's always up for the good challenge, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. So first, I, sorry, Juan, but I... No, no, I go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I actually got interested because I watched one of the Rio Olympic Games where it was... I, I can't remember the name of the the judokas, but it was Japan versus Bulgaria. And that match was like one of the most amazing matches that I've ever seen, like for visually impaired uh judo. And that kind of motivated me into doing more research into um teaching. And I was looking at YouTube instructionals and how how um you would teach someone who's visually impaired and everything. And then um I'm not sure if if you're familiar with this Liana, but um mm-hmm. leading up to the Tokyo Olympics, um they actually did a lot of uh anime and manga collaborations with the Olympic committee to try and promote the Paralympic Games. And one of the sports that they did was judo. And um yeah, that sto- it was a very moving story in that short animation clip. And that just kind of motivated me more into looking into it. And so yeah, that that was the kind of backstory for me on that. That's
2: <laughs> adorable. Wait, can you send that link to me at some point? Yeah,
1: I'll send it to you I, after I, afterwards. I no that was a thing. Yeah. Um yeah, I'll I'll send it to you um they have subtitles so i don't know if there's any way you can uh, look at I it but i
2: probably have someone watch it with me
1: okay all right so when so, you were so
0: for us like we're interested in like if someone ever comes that's visually impaired and wants to learn judo mm-hmm. how is it when you first learn is it is it a lot of hands-on stuff is it like is it a lot of talking how did you first learn doing judo as visually impaired
2: Absolutely, uh, lots. Or I guess I, every, everybody has to know to fall first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, lots and lots and lots of talking. and I don't know how to explain it. Lots, sorry, and then I com- and then I continue on to explain it anyway. Lots of talking, lots of hands-on everything because every I don't know what I, everything has to be basically for us. Everything has to be muscle or We have to we have to be hands-on, mm-hmm. and I think it's important to get the movement down right and to so know what it's like to fall and to roll and to move in general. So mm-hmm. it's like, you do do you know how in, is it a karate kid? When they're like wax on, wax off, he does that for such a long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like that with judo, just doing the same repetitive motion over, sorry, with visually impaired judo, same repetitive motion over mm-hmm. and over and over again until they know what it feels like. And then you continue on to like step two, step three, step four. You can't just... Mm-hmm throw someone into learning something super complicated and suddenly it gets really convoluted and it's ruined.
1: So did they never teach you how to fall in wrestling? Like did any of that transfer over or when you started judo and they start teaching you falling where you kind of like, Oh, so this is how you fall properly kind of experience.
2: In wrestling? Not really. They just kind of threw me against the wall. that's
0: that's wrestling for you that's how it is you learn how to fall by just doing it
2: yeah that's right
0: we'll teach you a double but we're going to teach you how to take the double
2: that's right the only thing they actually I remember the only thing they really said to me was don't post your arm and that's that's the only instruction I
0: got and you're like how do I know what I'm posting how do I know I'm not posting (laughs)
1: like how do (laughs) I do you you think um, the learning how to fall part of judo helped your wrestling like taking the falls
2: uh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Lo- I've, um, whatchamacallit. Actually, no, I'm sorry that I was going on a tangent, but yes. in short,
0: <laughs> No worries. Go ahead. Go on tangents. <laughs> I got time. Okay. So back, so back to training and stuff. I'm very interested to see this because usually when we get our first white belts, we teach them how to do like forward and side ukemi's first. And then the first throw we teach normally is either osotogari or iponsonagi. What was the first throw that they taught you and how did they teach you how to do ukemi's?
2: Um so in Augate and they just um I guess my or I guess the person I was working with just put my body in position and said just go into that position over and over again. And mm-hmm. then I did. And then the way and then when the way they taught me how to throw was just basically flop and drop, which I, I still do that to this day, unfortunately.
1: Mm-hmm. And Can you explain yeah, that a bit? What's flop and drop?
2: I just um I can just flop in my knees and turn. There's no just just flop and drop
1: because I can (laughs) I can personally think of flopping in many different directions that's why.
2: Ah, Um, That's definitely me. They definitely flop in many different directions. (laughs) (laughs) The way I made it to Tokyo was through that one throw. I've only had one throw for these past like what five six years now basically. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah I guess that says a lot to the integrity of the throw. No, that's not because
0: all you need is one good throw, 10,000 different ways. That's all you need. One good throw that you know how to do. That's all you need. You don't need 10,000 throws. And -hmm. if you have an amazing drop, so and that's all you need. And it sounds like that sounds to me, that's all you need. So don't, don't put yourself down for that. All right.
2: I I appreciate it.
1: So (laughs) what, what, what is the hardest throw that you think, um, it was to learn because i'm assuming you're you probably had to learn some other throws too to realize that like, oh this is not my kind of throw so to, before you abandoned it
2: uh any one legged throw i, I am very I'm, throw. yes i'm five feet tall so i run out of leg every single time i think there's a way to hit the inner thigh and the other side mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i I've, I've never been able to really pull it off
1: okay Interesting. Do you think it's like you said, it's because of uh, your height or do you think it's like a balance issue or is it something else?
2: Um, I would say a little bit of both. I also just in general have a, I don't know. I just, in general, like when I'm, when I'm fighting, I don't really have much sense of direction where I'm really mm-hmm. going. That sounds really bad now they say it out loud, but so when I do something, it just goes in whatever direction that I happen to be pulling. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I, go, I really don't have the finesse to pull off something like that
1: i see okay
0: yeah that's kind of like the way i fight or way i teach how to fight sometimes i know some people get really into grip fighting i have to get my certain grip i have to get this to me i, I like to fight whatever my opponent gives me i'm going to take whatever mm-hmm. where they're over they're at i'm gonna throw them with one of my throws from that direction
1: so speaking of grip fighting um i know in in um visually impaired judo you start off with the grips and then if you both kind of disengaged, and you just reset. So, is grip fighting a thing at all that they teach you in in when you do when you do your training sessions, or is it something that's seen as like not not very important?
2: No, it's uh, it, no, it's it's super important. It's just really different from um, side to judo, just mm-hmm. because we have to basically hang on the whole time, and you can't just uh, what should call? It? I think it's they just made it illegal for this, but you can't mm-hmm. just hang on to one sleeve and let go with the other hand and kind of flop it around.
1: Okay. Very interesting.
2: So it's, uh, I don't know, they change the rules every single year. So it's important. Yeah.
0: Well, it's like when you do blind wrestling, you have to have one hand on your opponent at all times, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. okay. So speak, speaking of the rules, are there any rules other than the, the gripping that's um, different than um, sighted judo or is there some other small intricacies that most people don't notice off the bat from just watching?
2: in fighting or do you mean like just the match in, wise
1: a match wise yeah
2: match wise um if someone like me if, if, if a b1 steps out of bounds so we don't i don't get um i don't get cheated for that okay uh, if uh the b1s also get a little bit more leeway when it comes to attacking in general um i think that's it really there's not really many role changes at all it's just the same sport
1: Oh, okay do you have anything else regarding rules, Swan? before uh, I ask more questions? The rules?
0: I don't think, no, because me, I think the rules would be the same. You're gripping the person yeah. like, hey, don't touch the leg, uh, don't grab the belt. Man, for that, so,
1: see, that's what I heard, too. That's what I've been doing a lot of research, like, as uh-huh. I said before, and I've um, actually Judo Canada and I think um, uh, UK, uh, British Judo Association, BJA, they all they have documents posted online on how to work with uh, visually impaired athletes for dojo and instructors to refer to. Mm-hmm. And they, they basically said the same thing. There's not really not much change, but we all know how IGF rules are. There's always like some rules that are ambiguous or they're not clearly defined. That's why I asked, um, so do you compete at uh, local tournaments here in the U.S.? Because I'd imagine like the we already don't have that many competitors for for judo in general. So how how hard is it to find like um, a tournament with like a B1 or B2 or B3 uh, kind of division going on? Or do you end up fighting sighted judokas too?
2: Um, at the nationals, there's always the visually impaired nationals, but mm-hmm. there's so little people that there's not much point other than just paying to get the the certificate or points or whatever mm-hmm. so usually before the pandemic um i would go and fight in visual. sorry at sighted tournaments in sighted divisions mm-hmm. but um it's definitely been a while
1: so i actually seen that happen uh before our nationals uh one year but mm-hmm. i don't know i didn't i just saw it from the side so i didn't know if it was like an exhibition match or something But I did see like a sighted judoka fight, a visually impaired one. And um, they started off with the grips and stuff. Have have you tried that before? Yes, always.
2: I don't have enough vision to track somebody if they're not touching me. So it just kind of went there. Actually, interesting thing. I don't know if they've changed it. But apparently in the US, you can just choose. If you're sighted, you can just choose not to start with the grips because they're fighting in the sight. Because the blind person's fighting in the sight division. Mm -hmm. And I hope that's changed because what kind of person would do that? Yeah, <laughs> that would be terrible. I
0: can just imagine, like, just I'm gonna just say, I just imagine an asshole out there Be like, you. Can, I'm not touching you. You're like, just trying to stay away from you, and just out of nowhere, then grip and throw. Like, that's BS.
2: That is not fair. Like, i agree Like, I'm just imagining someone just running in circles around this blind person on the mat. Like, what? Oh, yeah, of course. That's exactly
0: what I see. Just doing shuffle step around the person. I'm behind you now. Oh, I'm in front of you now. It's like this is like a horror film, or like uh, what is like a twilight zone episode
1: (laughs) so when you fight when you fight a sighted judoka i'm assuming you're using the visually impaired rules then for everything Um, including what you said about stepping outside does that apply for the sighted judoka too if they step outside
2: i don't think so it only applies for people who are um b1 like b2s Mm -hmm. and b3s and sighted they they get penalized for stepping outside because they can Mm -hmm. see the um is it blue and yellow? Yellow and yeah, red. Yeah. Blue, the different colors on the mat. Okay. okay.
1: So when you fight them, it, the, the Shido rules wouldn't apply to you, but it would apply to them basically. Mm-hmm.
2: Is what you're yes, I think so.
1: Okay. I need to pay more attention next time I see this happen. It's because I've been really in, interested in um, mm-hmm. wondering how that works, but.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: One day we'll maybe get a visually impaired person to dojo and we can have to learn all this stuff to get them to compete.
2: <laughs> Y'all did get that call. So hopefully someone shows up instead of saying they're going
1: to show up well they said they're going to show up two saturdays ago but they did not so <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens but i'm sure there's like challenges in like finding um getting a ride to come to because in la you need a car to get around so, oh, it's so
2: really?
1: yeah that's we have really bad public transportation so i'm okay. sure he he has to be able to find someone to to get him there and sign up and everything so
2: Mm, he could I probably saying. take paratransit But it depends on where you are in LA I don't know if there's like a difference Between um, distance and whatnot I don't know, Any, anyway, anyway, sorry, I digress yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, It's okay I'm going to say we don't have bad transit in LA We just have limited transit It's not bad, it's just very limited all right? Oof <laughs> 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 yeah, Get this guy an Uber, okay let's give him an Uber or Lyft
2: mm-hmm.
0: So I want to go back to the Olympics again Because I'm very excited about that one so you went to this Olympics, you competed. Um, what are your goals? Are you, are you going to try to the next, because it's only three years away, are you going to try to go to Paris? Is that the next goal?
2: Um, I think so, especially if they continue on with the um, rules as it is. Mm-hmm. And it's also so short. It's it's also, I, th- I think basically the, um, was a qualification period ends in two and a half years. So I said, there's no, I, I feel like there's no choice but to go at this point, already halfway <laughs> in the quad. Yeah. Hey, you gotta do it. Why not? You only live once. That's right. <laughs> oh, plus Paris has butter and cheese, and I'm not just yeah. intolerant love this thing. <laughs> what you didn't like
0: <laughs> the sushi in Japan? You didn't like the fresh fish or nothing? You didn't
2: Oh my gosh. Come actually, on. I had so I had so many things I had never even realized existed. Like um I think oh one of my teammates, he's Japanese, his name is Robert Tanaka, and he was explaining to me the things I was eating as I was like shoving them into my gullet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I've I've seen him train at Sawtell before here no, in L out in no LA. Have you really? Yeah.
0: So what was the thing you ate that is in Japan that you didn't know what it was?
2: Huh? Oh, well, I just kind of judged by um whether I was there or not, which is really a bad way of judging <laughs> things. <laughs> um, and I just tried everything. I mean, I don't I mean, if I have an allergy like then, you know, well, oh well, but Yeah.
1: Yeah, one one of my friends found out the hard way that they were allergic to horse cuz their friend trick, tricked her into eating horse sashimi. Like I raw horse meat in in Japan, and they ended oh up getting like severe allergic reaction, and they had to send her to the hospital. But
2: <laughs> that's such uh, a uh, random thing miracles. to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. Um,
1: oh. hey, it sounds horrible, but it's so funny. <laughs> so. But you you <laughs> can take a, you can take a, a lactose intolerant pill nowadays because uh, my sister yes. is really lactose intolerant, so she takes a pill before she eats all her uh, dairy and baked products and everything. So. You do that in France. Yes, I do.
2: I think I would uh, kill my team if I didn't.
1: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I that would be a great. Address.
0: No, this oh. is a, this is just me being a gross dude. That would be a hilarious joke to do on the van one day. <laughs> <laughs> that's that wrestling humor coming out right there. Show them a wrestler. <laughs>
2: that's right. That's right. Wrestlers are kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you feel me. You're a wrestler too. You get this. You get it. I do, I do understand. I do understand. <laughs> but okay, but
0: back to Paris. Okay. So, are you half, you're half, <laughs> you said you're about halfway qualified already to go there. Are you going to stay at 60, uh, at 60, um, three, 63. I, guess, 63. I was going to say 62. 63 um, kilos. Or are you planning on going back down?
2: <laughs> um, I think I want to go back down just because I'm just really small for the weight class. And uh-huh. 57 is just kind of my natural weight to fight at. Okay. Um, and yeah, and I'm already. In, I mean, since we're already halfway through the quad, um, I think the qualifications should start next at least, at least halfway through next year. Okay.
0: And what's your Hopefully. plan for tournaments? What's your tournament plan for next year? Well, where do you plan to go?
2: Um, there's 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 no plan yet because they haven't set the <laughs> rules. They haven't um, planned anything, so they're probably going to tell us last true. minute.
0: Very as, true. Very as true. as usual. <laughs> yeah.
2: Hmm.
0: Anthony? Oh, no. Oh, you no, look like you're going to say something.
1: It might be. No, my, no, my no, go go ahead. just glitched for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you're doing, uh, <laughs> No, I, th- I think I was going to say something, but I forgot. So you can go ahead. Okay.
0: Oh, no. So I'm going to talk about food in Paris then. Yeah, what are you looking ahead. forward to eating in Paris? Baguettes, croissants. <laughs> uh,
2: baguettes, croissants, um, every single type of bread that there is. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what go else. On, uh, there's a Bread specific, quest. Just, just straight bread quest. Mm hmm that reminds me of this joke when i think there's there uh, so apparently there's there's this angel asking the society like oh like the, the deity says like hey have you guys sorry is, is it fine to tell jokes on here yeah,
0: yeah, well, yeah have fun Go
2: ahead. oh okay just making sure <laughs> this angel asks this di- society like oh did you give them up like pandemic, like soft bread and mm-hmm. the angel says oh i thought you asked for a pandemic, like pandemic and the deity says oh no pandemic the angel starts crying and says, no, pandemic. And they start, or they both start sobbing because one wanted software, the other accidentally gave them pandemic.
1: <laughs> <It's> very <laughs> appropriate for right now.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. I agree.
0: <laughs> so this is what I, it was. Like a, it was like an error in the angels. That's how we got this. Fantastic.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> so speaking on pandemic, have have you been training this uh, whole time since you come, came back from Tokyo? Is your dojo, your home dojo open or is it like limited hours or how is it going over there?
2: Oh, I haven't been training at all. No, I absolutely refuse. <laughs> no, I, I have been training a little bit. Um, my basically my um, partner, Ron Hawthorne, he just trains with me in his garage. Which up to up to Tokyo, we were just basically doing judo in the garage. Okay,
0: okay that's
2: good enough. Yeah, that's, that's what, that's what I was bands. doing. Yeah, yeah. All you, yeah.
0: All you need some uchikomi bands, a partner, and some free weights. All right, that's all you need. Right.
1: At least you have a partner. I have to beg my wife to let me throw her. You know, like. not <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: no. <laughs> you know, you just give them one of those hugs. It's like, I know this isn't a love hug. This is a judo hug.
2: And <laughs> <laughs> suddenly she gets tossed across the room.
0: This is an urenage hug.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I don't think we asked you this. What, which one is your home? What do you consider your home dojo?
2: Mm, I would say El Toro because that's where okay. I started. Okay, um, that's in uh, North Carolina. Yep, and um, heard I'm of them. yes, wherever I train next would be based on where I get a job because I'm current. I, I just graduated from um, Colorado State University and I'm- Oh, well, congratulations. Really Thank yeah. you. It's been a very long time. Um, starting it, I was like, oh, I'm going to go get a doctorate or blah, 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 or a few certifications. And mm-hmm. once I was done, I was just like, no, this is it. That's Yeah, once
0: you get that first degree, you're like, ah, do I want another two more years of this? Nah, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> two, three, four more years. Ah, I think I'm good. I got enough debt. I think it's time to start working.
2: <laughs> totally understandable. One of my friends, he—he's a very close friend of mine. Um, he works at the at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory. I think he has like, he he has so much debt just from being in school for all that time because mm-hmm. he just finished his dissertation. I think mm-hmm. two years ago, if I'm right. He, he's a nuclear physicist. Oh
1: wow! But still, that's
2: debt that debt yeah, though. Right. Make that money back. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Got to make that money back.
0: Got to make that money back now. It's going to work. <laughs>
1: So, what do you have any um, judokas that you look up to or you wish that you had like their style of judo or like uh, a rival or something like that?
2: Um, a rival. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't, true. So I don't really watch a lot of judo matches unless mm-hmm. someone is with me and telling me like how it's going so I can understand mm-hmm. it. But the only one I would say I really admire is definitely Kayla Harrison.
1: Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's I met day. her once.
2: Yeah. And I'm sure she doesn't remember me, but I hope she does. Cause she's like really cool.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And yeah, we awesome. we talk about her a lot on this podcast. Uh, she's a, a great person. I, re- I really like her a lot. She seems really cool. I've never been, I've never had the pleasure of meeting her, but in all the interviews and stuff, she seems like a cool person. So mm-hmm. very, I very you. Super down to earth. If you met Shall her, me? I trust you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm not very good judge of, um, anything really, but she helped me get to the weight room. Sorry, not weight room, to the weight, um, weight check room. And from then on, I was like, this is a good person right here. (laughs) Did you know it was her? Yes. Yes.
1: Okay.
2: And then she complimented my sweater, which is completely like unrelated, but I was like, Oh, that's cool.
1: So what about rivals? Like, was there someone that you're you're constantly trying to aim to beat in, in the circuit or like, um, someone else on the team or someone from another country?
2: not really i think i feel like everybody's just kind of the same when we're out in the mat Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean they all look the same anyway so i just fight them all the same way unless or i guess i have specific plans for each person Mm -hmm. but if not they're all the same so you
1: you do have like a game plan and there you do feel like the certain uh, different fighting styles when you you uh, grip up with these people definitely yeah okay
2: like if they say, I mean, not that you should be riding on someone's hip anyway, but if say if they're a great Uchimata player, you don't want to be mm-hmm. riding on their hip trying to would or not get them back because there's a yeah. chance
1: you, you just get go tops flying. And like, yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um how does your your training plan leading up to the um you, you mentioned training in the garage, but was there like a um like how many hours of weightlifting a day or running or like just straight up randori sessions? Like, is there a certain training regimen that you go through?
2: Um, I was doing a lot of weightlifting mm-hmm. at the time. That's really all that I had access to doing formally, um, or not even formally, because I was working at my local gym. Um, yeah. That was basically it. I would go, to, I would go, weight, go weightlift. I would go do judo in my garage, and that's it. That, that was the extent of my training, really. So about twenty to forty hours of training a week.
1: Wow, that's a, that's still pretty. Just for something simple, that's still pretty impressive.
0: Oh, she's ready for the I, Olympics,
2: man. Come yeah. on. <laughs>
0: It's <laughs> still pretty impressive. Like, right, get out of here, Anthony. Shut up, fool. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: but I think it's amazing that you're still practicing the entire time. And um, I get that you want that a lot of places are closed off. Like our dojo right now, we're open, but we are because we're part of a community center, we have like mandates where you have to be fully vaccinated. Or if you're not fully vaccinated, you have to get tested once a week. It and the biggest sense. one, yeah, and the biggest one is that we have to wear a mask during class the entire time and that's a big turnoff for some people but hey that's a city man for, that's
1: right? a city mandate and they just said they're not gonna change the mandate for the rest of the year so
0: yeah hey yeah i don't care i get for my job i get tested every time i work i get tested every day before i work and i get tested every day i do work so <laughs> i don't i don't care i get no swabbed in my nose every day
2: Oof, that's painful eh, when we not, were yeah. in tokyo we were doing um i think we we're doing this we we're doing the spit tests Oh, and I was well, so thankful for that because I hate this. No, I hate the no something.
0: thing. Uh huh. <laughs> I think I've, I think I've just gotten used to it throughout the year. Now it's just like nothing to me now. Like we'll sometimes get a mean nurse. I'll like go a little deep. Like oh oh my god, my brain.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so is there actually a world championship for visually impaired too, or is it just the, the Olympics is the only thing that um, people train towards?
2: It's uh, no, it's it's the same as society. Um okay. Everything's basically like we have grand prix, grand prix's, grand slams. Um,
1: Are they the same exact stops? Uh
2: Not actually. Some sometimes they overlap, but it mm-hmm. depends on which, whichever IBSA chooses for that year, which is probably which is usually chosen. Like I don't know, with blindfolded with darts. But it,
1: okay, yeah, because <laughs> because uh, <laughs> the veterans and the juniors and cadets like they you- all host in different places every year. So
2: yeah. Uh, I see, yeah, we're basically the same except with different um different places okay sorry same right. tournaments, different places so, yeah,
1: to different say. places <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of same as veterans, like for example this year this year, the veterans was in Portugal versus the the regular the regular one was in uh where was it? I forgot crap uh, we were it, just wasn't watching be, it
0: was it gonna be in paris
1: I think it might have been Paris, yeah. No, I, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say Paris. I'll look it up later. Oh, no. But was it this year's? Was it in? No, I can't remember now. I, I'll look, at like. right. oh, look it up
0: real quick. All right. Oh, you got to look it up
1: real quick. All right. <laughs> because I don't want to say the Hungary. It was, in, it was in it was in Hungary this year. Oh, Hungary. Budapest. Yeah. Yep. So it's a little different.
2: Ah, uh, I see.
1: So, do you have any other hobbies outside of judo? Like do you do any other sports or any, anything else?
2: Uh, not really in the way of sports. I'm not very athletic. Um,
0: oh, wait, no, it's what, the, it sounds bad. Um, yeah. like sound Yeah, <laughs> i an Olympian I'm, right I'm, here. Just say she is not very really athletic. <laughs> <laughs> Great, use that headline.
1: Man. Yeah, that's that's, that's going to be the title of this podcast. Like, uh, you take episode. all that and just get that one part.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Literally just like a one second podcast. Oh,
1: yeah, that's athletic. <laughs> humble brag, um, you know,
0: like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not that good. I'm just an Olympian, you know, nah, I just want to say that.
2: Much. <laughs> I'm just, I, um, I don't really think I am that athletic though. I'm just, I, my technique isn't all that good either. I'm just really aggressive.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, so I, I didn't mean just like sports. I mean, like anything uh, else you do in your free
2: time? I love reading, especially like foreign, like foreign web novels. Like, um, I don't, what was it? I said, manhwa Ma- Manwa? Yeah, Manwa? manhwa yeah yeah i can't read those ones, yeah. but whenever something gets adapted to Manwa, i know it's a good webtoon no, sorry mm-hmm. good web novels i immediately like work mm. it down in a matter of like hours that i oh, do you, the same thing do, like
1: do half, you read webtoons
2: yeah or I, I can't see enough to read webtoons okay. but i read the web novels because the moment something gets adapted to webtoon i know it's i know it's a good book
1: um so how what is it that allows you to read uh one over the other like you said, it's like I'm assuming there's some sort of uh, technology that allows you to read one, that, but not the other.
2: I have a screen reader, so it reads mm-hmm. off all my documents for me.
1: Okay, so the novels would be in text format that they can actually read, I guess. And then the webtoons are, since they're technically all images, that's probably why they can't read it. Yes. Okay.
2: I guess someone could like sit next to me and explain what's going on, but it's just mm-hmm. not as that's as reading the actual book.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. That, I understand. Because there's actually a judo webtoon. I was actually talking to my friend about it today, um, and mm-hmm. yeah, so, but I, I I can see now because it's all images. Yeah,
2: what does it have? Is it based on a web novel or is it just like original webtoon?
1: Original. It's um. I actually okay. um talked to the the author before, and um the the webtoon is actually called the the gentle way, and it's kind of like a romantic comedy kind of thing. So
2: no.
1: <laughs> yeah, about judo. About judo. It's about this girl <laughs> who is very insecure and shy and she it's it's kind of very heavily hinted that she wants to defeat her sister in judo and her sister's like this amazing national competitor. So she's training to catch up with her, but I'm just like in real life that would never happen, you know.
2: <laughs> like, oh my gosh, yeah, that would take like years and years and you wouldn't even yeah. get a satisfying outcome
1: yeah she's she's struggling to even ask people to do randori with her, so she would many times end up um ending practice without doing any randori rounds. so she's she's so shy um, uh, yeah because it's I, one I, it's I one of those yeah it's one of those big clubs where you kind of just have to go find someone grab someone and go on the mat. it's not like mm-hmm. a small club regular club where it's like okay, you and you go next like doesn't happen like that so
2: um, yeah
1: really interesting if uh you you recommend it to your other friends if you want um
2: it's um, I, I will i will yep hmm. i also really like uh watching um i guess A, or I guess A, I i can't do the ARG itself but um like args various um analog mm-hmm. horror etc like i guess internet horror sort of things or indie uh-huh. horror i also i also really really love um literature rpg text games
1: that's becoming a very uh, like popular thing now because with the pandemic, a lot of people are doing that now instead of doing it in person and stuff. I know a lot of friends who got into it over over the years. So I tried it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of it, but I can totally appreciate it and see why it's so fun to a lot of people.
2: Oh, the RPG like when it's all yeah. in text and stuff. Yep, I I can definitely see. That. I guess the visuals could help <laughs> enhance the um, experience, but for me, it would just be like. Image and yep. Th- that's an image or whatever. Screaming <laughs> at you ever heard versus...
1: of saying <laughs> image. Have, have you ever <laughs> heard of mud? You ever heard of mud? I have not. So I I'm showing my age here. Like in the in the nineties, <laughs> when I was when the internet first came about, well not first, but it was like still relatively new. Um there's this text-based RPG game called MUD, and you would like type in a terminal basically, um, it's like you are in a dungeon, like there's a path forward or to the left or to the East and you type in like which direction you want to go in. So it's like a text-based RPG game. It's, it's my first uh, video game ever, I guess, technically.
2: Oh, so I've, I, um, I, the ones I play always have predetermined predetermines. Cause are routes. I think uh-huh. I played one once where you could actually type in like what you want them to do.
1: Ah, okay. So the ones that you, t- you played has like multiple choices then I guess.
2: Yes, uh, most okay. of the games I play are basically from um, Choice of Games, and other uh, I guess Choice of Game derivative sort of sort of games. Our Choice of Game, Choice of Games is a website slash um, uh, website slash company. Okay, I'm
1: gonna write that down because I want to check it out. <laughs> Choice of games. You got him excited now. He loves yeah. playing games and stuff. He'll message me.
0: I don't. I don't play enough games. I don't play games or nothing I like down line. But we have a friend that he'll message in the middle of the night. Hey. Want to play? What's that being? Po- What's the Pokemon game? Pokemon Unite.
1: Is, um, ah, yeah, Pokemon Unite. Pokemon Unite. Unite.
2: Yeah. For a second, I thought you were about to say Fortnite. I was like, "Oh no, please don't say Fortnite."
1: No, <laughs> no I, I don't <laughs> play Fortnite. I actually did play Fortnite, but not the one you're thinking of. I'm actually pretty upset with the developer about Fortnite. Um, the the Fortnite. That they do now is kind of what they call battle royale but they stopped supporting the original version of fortnite so i paid for the original wow. version to support the developers and they just kind of axed the whole game and focus on the battle royale part so i'm pretty upset about that
2: but like why
1: because, it's just because- it made more money, battle made wow. money. makes more yeah. money that's why yeah i don't like battle yeah. royale so i never played it but um i I'm just upset because the original game is just kind of like a, a zombie apocalypse game where you kind of build a fort and then with your friends and you defend a fort from the zombies. Mm-hmm. That was the original game. And they they just kind of stopped supporting it because they realized Battle Royale made more money getting kids to gamble on those uh, <laughs> skins. So,
2: Oof. Didn't they just have some huge, um, what was it? There was a lawsuit about that. About how basically buying Gacha is gambling for
1: kids. Yeah, it's in your, uh, It's in some European c- countries. Like I think Belgium was the the country that outlawed it. And then I mean, there's no teeth in the, the law because they just kind of found ways around the law by making it so you buy. They changed the currency so you're not directly buying like in gambling. You're just, like doing something um,
2: to get oh, around it. Basically, you're buying, buying something. Buy yeah, buying.
1: Different- Yeah, you're buying another credit to buy another thing that you're guaranteed to get, but then when you open it, it's random. So, Oh. (laughs) Yeah. So it's some stupid way of getting around it.
2: that's, That's so corrupt.
1: Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> just like judo in Olympics. <laughs> oh God,
0: I not I I say that. I knew. that. <laughs> I knew. Yeah, as soon as he said that, yeah.
2: <laughs> I have heard it's like that in the cited sites too. How there's just generally a lot of corruption and people being paid off. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, how, is that true?
1: It's very. I mean, it, you know Travis Stevens, right? So he actually uploaded an episode, uh, short video before about how I cheated my way through the Olympics. It was kind of like a clickbaity title, but. Um, he basically he says, that he, uses. Yeah, he he put his fingers inside the sleeve, basically, and make sure the ref doesn't see it." You know, there's that, and um, we also see it a lot in the international stage where people cover their own lapel, but they turn their backs to the referees when they do it, so they can't see it. Uh, um, there's stuff like that, but then there's also like the world champion uh, Dari Below did like one year. She blatantly grabbed a girl's ponytail twice in a row oh, and, oh
2: so i
1: remember that yeah. yeah so there's there's clearly some <laughs> corruption and or yeah. not corruption favorite let's just call it favoritism yeah. and um well they change the whole
0: rule be- they change the whole rule yeah. of that now ladies have to have their hair up so it can't it's not going to go on your collar so it's like okay i get it it was an accident now we're going to change the rules so at least all women they're not going to make it oh you can't grab her hair no no we're going to make all yeah. ladies or anyone with long hair have to have their hair up so it's not covering the collar
1: yeah, but for mm. her, it was it wasn't covered in collar. She just grabbed the top of the ponytail, and just and just a saltigari, a saltigari hurt them first with it. Yeah. Um, but it, it wasn't. I understand if it's like a spur to moment thing, but like t- literally 20 seconds before that, she grabbed the, her hair and yanked her with um, in Nawaza. So it happened like back to back within like a 30 minute or 30 seconds to one minute time span. Two ha- mm-hmm. two hair grabs, which I don't I, think is an accident.
2: I don't think it's an accident either. Nah,
1: no, nah, it's not. Yeah, no, it's not. I'm gonna. Or you get the whole get thing. where you, you get mail. like
0: <laughs> two. Yeah, get go ahead. Cause bring us heat. Bring us heat. I I love it. Or we get the whole thing where the Olympics where it's like a, two countries that are going head to head, like getting Japan versus Korea. Mm-hmm. And Korea should have been shidoed out a long time ago. But it's like, oh no, no, we we want to see a win. We want to see something happen. We're not going to shoot' out them, you know.
1: It's just mostly, mostly selective enforcement of rules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's. That's crazy. I, I wasn't even aware of that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. It
0: happened at the last... I don't, can't remember which match
1: it was, but it was like... It was one of the gold medal was. It was Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Wolf in minus 100. Yeah. Uh, plus one plus 100? No, minus 100 minus. minus 100. minus 100 versus uh, a Korean guy. I forgot his name. But, um, yeah, the, yeah, the Korean guy silver, just lasted right? forever. Yeah, Oof. he... Aaron Wolf got silver. Yeah, he got silver.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Who it's, won that
2: in 100 kilos?
1: uh that's a good question look it up yeah i'm looking it up but yeah it's very <laughs> sl- and literally like not too long before that there's a taiwanese uh, judoka fighting uh um uh japan for the gold medal in a different weight class and um he got shido like right away like bur- yeah, very, the very Taiwanese fast. guy got shido very quickly. Very quickly. Was like,
0: oh, three in a row, bam, bam, bam,
1: you're done. And then he got, he got, got Han Sokomake shido out. <laughs> like, yeah. versus this Korean guy, like the match went to golden and score and he should have gotten like four or five or six Shidos already, so.
2: Mm. Oof, yikes. Yeah, that's, that's just so corrupt. I, I completely feel like, cause I fought Japan in my first match. And mm-hmm. I think she didn't, I was, I felt like I was the one doing all the attacking. And oh. I wasn't <laughs> sure what another person, I, was, I probably shouldn't say that, but anyway, I wasn't <laughs> sure if another person would be able to see it, but she was basically just holding me there the whole time. And mm-hmm. she didn't start talking until like the one minute, 30 second mark, maybe one mm-hmm. minute 30, one minute 40. And when yeah. we go grip up, they wouldn't, usually they wait for you to establish your grip and get, you know, whatever, but mm-hmm. I would touch her. And then they would say, you know, Hajime, and, you know, go. And I wouldn't, and she she's a B3, she can see a lot. And oh. I mean, not, that has, not that has anything to do with it, but mm-hmm. for someone who is like of lower vision to suddenly like not grab your bearings, it's like better. It just it just yeah. changes your whole game plan, basically.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's all so the small little thing that that makes a difference. And then they think they can get away with it, you know? So
2: I to- totally agree. Totally agree.
1: Yeah. So it was Aaron Wolf that got gold and the Korean yeah. guy uh, Guham Cho got silver.
2: Uh- mm-hmm.
1: And George Francesca, the guy who was dancing in the world championships, got bronze. <laughs> is
2: that guy from Portugal?
1: Yes, from Portugal. Nice. Yep. He has a really wicked uh s Drop seotoshi. He Drops mm-hmm. in these, yeah.
2: I've never seen one of his matches, but I he's I feel like he's notorious enough where I, I, I know him by name, which is pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. I I feel like I'm I'm really bad at recognizing people.
1: He's very fast for the weight class. It's, it's kind of weird. Uh, no, minus 100.
2: Right, so, oh, oh, really? Sorry. Why yeah. did I think he's 81?
1: Yeah. He's pretty fast for the way he moves. So for, for that weight, um, uh, pretty impressive.
2: Seo is kind of harder for a big guy to pull off, isn't it? it
1: exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, was say, I was like, cause when you said Seo I was like, Oh, he's got to be like, you know, at least someone the lighter weights.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, no, he, he it's, That's why it's really weird. Cause he drops really freaking fast. Um, Usually when people do in that weight class, you can see it coming because mm-hmm. people are big, but I, I, I don't know <laughs> the way he does it just works. So he was world champion that worked for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I know we're running out of things to ask, but I, I really want to ask you about, I, I mentioned it before we started an interview, um, what, kind of tips would you give someone on, um, training with someone who's visually impaired or teaching someone who's visually impaired? Cause, um, I mean, I, mean, I told you, I found some documents online and just one of the things that they talked about was, um, like you said, like a ha- lot of talking, explaining on the details and also moving their body in, in the right way. And I, I know like they also said like not to touch someone without asking them first, cause you don't want to startle them. Like, is there yes. any other kind of tips like that?
2: Um, it definitely be very, like be almost as verbal as, or it depends on their level of vision. Like if they, if they're a B2 or B3, they, they can see you and that's, that's a bit different, mm-hmm. but even so always be as verbal as you can be. Cause you don't want to just tell them, Oh, do this. And just not, and, you know, not explain to them what you're doing, mm-hmm. because even when you show someone like, I guess bodily on their, on their person, It's different Mm -hmm. from when you, let's say, you do it on someone else, and you explain it while putting their hands in the right place to show like the different important parts of like whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I realized that was very, very convoluted answer. No, 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 it was,
0: it was a very good answer. Makes a lot of sense.
1: (laughs) How? Don't um, worry. Don't worry. So one of one of one of the things that regular uh, instructors say is to not overcorrect people in the. When you first look, like someone comes, steps in, and say, "I want to learn judo." You you don't expect them to get everything 100 correct, and you don't want to overcorrect them. Um, do you think that also applies for visually impaired judokas, or do you think because you can't see, it's actually important to correct more of the details a little bit more than right than usual?
2: Mm, I would definitely say correct more than usual because, whereas a sighted person, they can you know they can look around and see mm-hmm. like maybe what they're doing wrong. Um, a blind person does not have that same sense. And even Sorry, even if they can see a little bit, then the like the smaller details are probably lost on them. So it's probably easier. Sir. So I in my opinion, I think it's better if you overcorrect. Okay.
1: So <clears throat> when you were when you were training at the not in the garage but at the dojo, um was there any safety things in place or protocols in place to prevent you from let's say like running off the mat or running to a wall or or some like some dojos or jiu-jitsu clubs have like a column in the middle of the room like is there someone
0: driving into you and
1: landing on you yeah is there anything to avoid that
2: um not really I think it's really just so well well, obviously I like all columns and walls should be padded in my opinion just Mm -hmm. because anyone can run into that but um (laughs) I definitely know that feel um but not really. I think it's just based on spatial awareness. Depending on how uh, well, a lot of blind people, depending on how there is their O and o- M is orientation ability and dependent skills, have different levels of spatial awareness. Mm-hmm. And the less spatial awareness they have, the more people should be looking out for them. So it's just a really good thing to say. You know, everyone's club. Like, hey, if this person is blind, just watch out for them. Make sure they don't like die. I guess.
1: Yep. Is there? <laughs> I is there off the mat? <laughs> yeah. That's just me. I want you to <laughs> get driven
0: just into the wall. <laughs> I don't want do you fall off the mat, okay? And no one land on them. No one land yeah. on them. Okay.
1: It's funny because yesterday we had Rondori and uh th- like these two two or three guys just kept running people into the wall in our poster, just kept falling down. <laughs> like...
0: Yeah, I had to move it by the end of class. I was like, all right, I'm moving this now. It's been hit three it, times today. It's been hit
1: like three times and probably hundreds of times in the last year, but um so how, is there a way that you prefer people to go about that? Will you say like, Hey, watch out for this. Like, do you prefer people to say, Hey, this is like Liana. She's visually impaired. Just like, look out, look out for it. Or is there just like another way you prefer people to, to explain that?
2: Um, no, I think, I think that's pretty sufficient. I'm also okay. pretty independent on my own. So, I mean, if, like, if I run into, into something then that that's probably on me
1: okay and how how do you know where and how to exit your mat or exit the mat or where the where your uh, water bottle is or so, something like that
2: i just memories the room like eventually okay mm-hmm. or i'll have someone be like like here's where's my hello kitty water bottle not that i have one yeah. but i wish i had one
0: and then they'll which just one, tell me where like, it is. there's five right there what are you talking about
1: <laughs> some some of the stuff i've read it's um, right next to
0: anthony's hello kitty water bottle
1: which one is it <laughs> Some of the stuff I've read um, kind of suggested that you play music at your dojo in one corner, so you kind of have like directional um, sense of direction where the music's coming from and orient yourself in the room. Do you, have you ever tried that? Does that actually help or not?
2: I haven't actually thought about that before, but that's true. Actually, every single dojo where there's I'm, like music playing, I know where mm-hmm. to go, or at least like where the general like vicinity is. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a great idea. I had none of that before.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. All right. I guess we if- got some. If there's That's no right, music, new if there's music, have you noticed things like maybe a fan or like traffic noise coming from outside? Like, does that ever help at all or anything?
2: Yes, but it has to be. The problem was that it would have to be louder than everybody else in the room. Okay. Or okay. it can be as low as you want. My, my hearing probably isn't all that good. But anyway... <laughs>
0: Okay. That's very interesting stuff you're telling us right now. Take this into consideration. If we ever do get the visually impaired judo player comes and wants to practice with us. Or if you ever want to come to LA and visit, come on by mm-hmm. Hollywood Judo.
2: That's actually, that'd be quite nice. I've always been meaning to visit LA.
0: Yeah. Come yeah. to Hollywood, you know, get an Uber or a Lyft. Call Anthony. He'll
1: pick you up. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah, can pick you up.
2: Actually, uh, what's his name? My teammate, Robert Tanaka, he, where does he go? Is it Dushinka? I, I have no idea. Robert's I just know he's train trained outlet. at Sawtel.
1: I know he trained uh, at Sawtel. Uh, he's not his home dojo is not Sawtel, but I saw a lot of Instagram posts where he was at Sawtel, and uh, yeah, the the L.A. Judo community is pretty tight knit, and because everyone has to drive, like it's actually really easy to visit all these other clubs. Um, so yeah, I, everyone tr- visits around, travels around to each other's clubs easily. We're actually having a in-house tournament in a. Couple of weeks where Sawtelle and uh, Gold's Judo is going to come have a tournament with us in our dojo. So that's the plus mm-hmm. side of living in LA is everything is so tight knit.
2: Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I see. It's actually pretty exciting. I can yeah. imagine there's a lot just because I well, I assume LA has a lot of judo players
1: relative to the rest of the country. Yeah, oh. it's pretty. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot
0: of us spread very thin.
2: <laughs> yes, very.
0: If we were at one big club, it would be amazing. But we're like, every club has like maybe 20, 50 members at most or something like that. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of dojos are in L.A. Yeah. All
1: right. So, Juan, do you have anything else?
0: No, you just asked my question right there. I was going to ask her about like things to recommend for teaching uh, visually impaired people, but we went through it and, you know, like I said, we got a lot of interesting information from this. A lot of things I never thought about before, things now think about, and just, you know, just things that help out other people when they do come, if they ever do
1: come, hopefully. So I didn't tell Juan about this, but I've been thinking- What did you tell me? (laughs) I've been thinking about doing this. What did you do? We, We haven't interviewed someone in a long time, so I never brought it up, but I felt like we should ask like a question now, every single time we interview someone at the very end. We do um, ask
0: the same question at the beginning. How'd you start
1: judo? how do you get No, the like, <laughs> so, so I personally, my qu- question would be like, if you had to train judo to one music, like you had a theme song for your judo training session, what oh, would it be? No, the question should be, what would be your entrance theme? If yeah. You had, for, you had, or, you had, or that entrance yeah. theme.
2: Um, if you, if you had you to walk out to too? a
1: judo song, <laughs> like you had just like an MMA fight, you walk out to the mat with a, a theme, with a theme song, what would it be?
2: Oof, that's actually, I, I know, I know this answer down pat. It'd be Moon Presence um, by the Bloodborne soundtrack. I don't know if you've ever played like a Dark Souls game. Yes, I have. Sorry. Have you? Oh my gosh. But like, I love, sorry, I've never, obviously, I've never played Bloodborne, but I love every single thing about the game, including the OST. And um, Moon Presence by Yuka Kitamura is like okay. my favorite song ever. I would definitely I'm, walk out to
1: I'm that. Go in going there to check it out. After I don't know <laughs> the song, but I know the video game. So I'm going to check it out after this. All right. That's, that's pretty cool. Great. I like that. Yeah.
2: Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate you coming on. Is there anything you want to plug your Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, support you in any way? Shout outs out out to, right to now. people. Shout out. Um, yeah, shout out. I
2: guess shout out to my sister, um, Minnie. I think her um, Instagram is Minnie where you? Marie Liz and Ron Hawthorne. His mm-hmm. is, I'm not sure what his is, but um, it's Ron Showtime Hawthorne, 2012 um, Paralympian, um, multiple. Anyway. And thank you for having me on the show. This is really great.
0: All right. We thank enjoyed you. having you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. What a great interview that was. Did you learn a lot, Anthony?
1: I sure did. Um, like, like I mentioned <laughs> I in the sure interview. I sure did, Juan. <laughs> I sure did. The more you know. You <laughs> uh, <laughs> <da, da>, <laughs> a Rainbow. Like, <laughs> for those who aren't old enough, it's like a G.I. Joe Reference well, so. up
0: <laughs> the, the GI Joe reference. The more you know, the better the battle. And then they have that um, after-school special. The yeah. more you know.
1: <laughs> I mean, it was old, even by my standards when I was watching it. Like people, <laughs> like it was in like an oldies channel. So uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> channel. It was on.
0: It was on broadcast. All right, it was on the broadcast channel. Not
1: for me when I was a kid. So. Oh
0: my god! Okay, making me feel old now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so did you I've, learn it, always, so I've been always what interested. did you learn oh, no, i talk first <laughs> <laughs> so what did you learn about vigilant impaired judo because i know you're very interested in it
1: i mean i i've talked about it in an interview already right so i did a lot of research on it but mm-hmm. reading stuff that national orgs put out is kind of like a guideline and you always have to put out um listen to the human element of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And actually learn from experience or someone who has experience doing visually impaired or teaching visually impaired people. So even though I learned a lot from Liana, I'm sure her experience is uh, different from, let's say, someone else's or another coach's experience. So we just have to like I want to talk to more people and get more Mm -hmm. into it and um, probably spend some time volunteering and teaching and developing my own own experiences in that and to me it's just another way of growing judo, so yeah I learned a lot about um the rule like some parts of the rules I weren't familiar with and mm-hmm. um how how it was uh divided up and um the training methodologies and I I was just surprised how (laughs) how she kept saying like I'm actually not very athletic.
0: Like, (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were talking about the Korean team. How happened with yeah, the the (laughs) Korean. Yeah, that
1: that was really interesting. I have to look that up. Really. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, I hope to see more competitors compete in visually impaired judo because, like I said, Mm -hmm. some of the most exciting matches I've seen are in visually impaired Olympics, and. I, th- I think a huge part of it is because the grip fighting is not as ridiculous as sighted judo. And, um, I like grip fighting, but after a while it's just ridiculous when you see how they keep breaking grips, slapping the hands away and stuff. And yeah. So in, in that sense, visually impaired judo to me is like really impressive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a Very good interview. Learned a lot of stuff. A lot of, um, just getting the realization of like, what is it when you grab somebody and just knowing what you're, Throwing, she's just like i just go for what i go and i love that i just go for what i go for i just, I just feel it and i go i don't i trying to set stuff up and wait for the right moment mm-hmm. right for that right foot technique to go in there to not just, just grab go and that's what i love about it
1: so yeah you always hear coaches say that like even when i was a, when i was a white belt my coach uh glenn was like um grab and go grab and go i'm like what the hell does that mean like but now, <laughs> now that i'm more experienced i'm like oh i i, I understand now what he means but mm-hmm. yeah just grab and go doesn't like, that's how I, I think I told you how when I was a white belt, I tried to win a match with Uchimata and just got countered every single time.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, <laughs> when you say grab and go, I just grab and go for Uchimata and get countered right away. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: whoop. Oh, my God. Right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this didn't work
0: out again. No, no. Yeah,
1: that's exactly how, how I felt. Yeah. So, no, no, nah, same count, different guy, same counter. <laughs> like... <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about today, Anthony? or Is that it? No, I think that was it. Um, that All was right. really fun doing an interview. Um, I think if you didn't catch the end of the interview, I asked that question. I think we should start doing doing that stuff after every interview. <laughs> Ask what their their fight their walkout song would be for. What judo. their
0: walkout song going to be? That's our right. next big question. I, I think somebody we need to What's add like, we
1: need to add a caveat where it can't cannot be "Eye of the Tiger." Like <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: let's see let's see who let's see how far well we can go with our interviews with people. Till we get Eye the Tiger watches our next interview. Someone says, Eye the Tiger. (laughs) What's that Rocky song? Um, (laughs) Eye the Tiger. Ah. (laughs) Japanese cartoon, our legs up in the air and stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I also, um, my sister listens to the podcast and she left a comment saying that we forgot to say our tagline at the end. So (laughs) the tagline, don't forget to slap the mat. Oh, did we forget to say that last time? We, we forgot to say that last time, actually. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, new tagline. Don't forget that one. All right. So after yeah. I'm done doing everything else, I'll remember that one. All right. <laughs>
1: yep. Okay. So go ahead.
0: All right. You You're ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. You can follow me at Jerry underscore one on Instagram. You can follow Anthony, Anthony Thrill on Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram at the Tommy Talk. You can follow YouTube at the Tommy Talk. You don't send us any messages. You send us any email questions. What do you want to talk about? We you want us to look up? And don't forget, we haven't forgotten about you guys out there. Okay. We're doing some research. All right at uh, not at but at the other one
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> to Tommy talk at gmail.com all right so with this new outro Anthony <laughs> don't forget to slap
2: the mat.
1: mat yeah <laughs> 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 all right, everybody see you later <laughs> it's so cheesy I love it
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you do, like, I don't, don't always slap the mat but when I do I slap it hard <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right see ya